He's chosen. I don't. I don't. What is that that you're eating? Shortbread cookies. Shortbread cookies. Mm-hmm. With the exception of possibly hard pretzels, shortbread cookies are are possibly the worst thing to eat on microphone. Uh, so yeah, we're veering into blank check with Griffin and David territory here, eating on mic. Okay, I'm with my last piece, <laughs> and we have a scantily clad. Jessica Jones on screen. Oh, yeah. Dad is on, ooh, uh, season two, episode 11 of Jessica Jones, and she's currently looking extremely distressed uh, in just... That's her normal look. Yeah. That's it. That's kind of like That's... Jessica Jones. It's either distressed or drunk, mm-hmm. like a combination of drunk and angry. She's distressed. She's distressed. Mm-hmm. But she normally looks that way. Yeah. Um, I'm, you probably wouldn't care about this, but I'm very angry. Um, I have the really awesome high-end uh, figures of Jessica Jones and Daredevil, and I want a Luke Cage. I don't want an Iron Fist, but Luke Cage only comes in a two-pack, and I have yet to find that at a quasi-reasonable price, which I'm quite cranky about. Two Luke Cages? No, it's a Luke Cage and... Oh, God, I su- I'm suddenly spacing on her name, The Nurse. Why can't I-, I can't remember her character or her actress's name, and I've seen her in a bunch of stuff, and I cannot remember her name for the life of me. You can get up on the mic now that you're done eating. Okay. There we go. Woo. Now we're sounding good. Woo. Good. This is going to be a great start. So, hi, everybody, and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son expedition through pop culture. I'm Harrison, the son. And I'm Pop. Yep, and that's Frank. Uh... We were going to do the Dark Crystal this week, but uh, we had what I'm going to call a mom override, who demanded, because we were watching the movie on Groundhog Day, we had to watch Groundhog Day. So, today we're talking about Groundhog Day. And again? Again. Every year on social media, be it Facebook, like, if, if I still had a Facebook, you would be able to go back and see that I very carefully tried to post the same exact jokes about Groundhog Day every year, like around the same time of day even, like using the same pictures of Bill Murray and whatnot from the from the from the film. Uh that's just me, really. So yeah, how, what did you think of Groundhog Day? Um I saw it when it first well when it was out. <clears throat> I, I, I do remember when, when because this was like 1993 or 4, I, I remember, yeah, I remember uh, seeing it with you and mom on VHS. Okay. Um, and From like West Coast Video or something yes, like that. Yes, West Coast Video. <laughs> um, and uh, I liked it then, I liked it again, but I had forgotten how much of a romance story it was. Oh, yeah. Because when I first watched it, uh, it was just Bill Murray uh, cutting up and, and his antics and so forth, and he was a riot. Um, but it certainly is primarily a romance story. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's also one of those movies you can easily watch over and over again, keeping in theme with the movie, and pick up something kind of new each viewing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm good. 
Twice as good. Well, that's kind of why I like to do this podcast with you, because you approach movies violently different than I approach yes. movies. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe next year, a couple of years, watch it again. Or well, that's like, yeah. that's the joke. Like, um, we were talking recently uh, in, oh God, 2001. I want to say down at the Ritz in Philadelphia, that was the only theater within 40 miles of here that was showing the 25th anniversary of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay. And yes. we had you, me, and a minivan with a bunch of my other nerd friends. And, like, you were kind of flipping out because you, I don't think you had seen it with a live audience since it had come out. Well, I, don't, I don't know if I ever saw it with a... Oh, it's, I'd never seen it in a theater. Okay, well, there, there you go. And, like, you were even commenting, like, even during those first few opening jokes in the opening credits, before, like, actual moving pictures have started, people were cracking up in the theater. Like, just the little moose and the Norway mm -hmm. jokes and what. Uh, um, but you walked out of the movie that day, and it's like, well, that's the second time I've seen it in 25 years. That's enough. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's, that's, good. that's enough. Although, I, you know what? Uh, I, I'd watch it again. Well, yeah, sure. it's it's been 19 years yeah. since that few. Yeah, I'll wait, I'll wait about five, six years. Five, six years? Again, yeah. That's when we'll, in five or six years, that's when we'll do our uh, Terry Jones retrospective. Okay. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. So you got some time. To, to wear off on that. Uh, but yeah, Groundhog Day. Did you have any standout moments or favorite bits or um, bops or things? Uh, the, the, re the repetitiveness of, of, of the day, I mean, that's, that's, that's always this big, they make that quite a striking part. I like the little, the little uh, gag parts, like with the, uh, what was it? Uh, Ned, uh, Ned, Ned Ryerson. Ned, um, yeah, Ned. Steve Tomalowski. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or the guy when he comes out of his room, the guy upstairs at the B and B that he's staying at. Uh, you off to you know, see the groundhog? Yeah, off to see the groundhog. <laughs> you know, and just the repetitive things and 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 how he changes each each time. Um, he finally gives the the old man the the bum on the street. The old man he gives him a, a roll of money. Oh know, yeah, and like hundreds and hundreds or something. <clears throat> and you know, whereas he stiffed him. You know, uh, During those first times. few repetitions, yeah, you can see him like pretending to pat his pockets and yeah. making a shrugging motion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is um, I, I I did uh, uh, my note taking method for for this show is to really just go on like IMDb or um, TVTropes.org and screenshot weird facts. So I. Couldn't find any proper confirmation on this, but there was some. There was something that I remember a while back. Harold Ramis, the guy that directed this movie, right. uh, also known as Egon from Ghostbusters, that's where I know him primarily from. Right. He knew how uh, prickly Bill Murray could be as an actor, so instead of shooting like just out of sequence, like a movie typically does because of scheduling and location availability right. or even in sequence, they actually shot the movie in reverse order. <laughs> so you would get the genuinely happy, enthusiastic Bill Murray that you need during those final few minutes where he realizes he's out of the, the loop. Right. And then as 
filming progresses, you get crankier and crankier yeah. and angry diva yeah. Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, he, Which, he was, yeah he, he, he can be quite a, quite a dick. Yeah, if that yeah. is true, I really... That, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, I really hope that's true, because that's too good to uh, to be fiction. Um, but, uh, uh, God, there's so much nonsense. This is the movie that actually caused Bill Murray and Harold Ramis to stop talking to one another up until Harold Ramis was literally about to die. Wow. Um, Harold Ramis wanted it to be more of a melodrama. No, sorry, I'm getting that reversed. Harold Ramis wanted it to be funnier, whereas Bill Murray was actually going through a divorce at the time, so he wanted it to be more dramatic and have more pathos and be sadder and more depressing. Okay. I think I think Bill Murray is kind of responsible for the really depressing like middle bit where he's just constantly trying to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, several ways. Oh my god. Yeah. I was trying to also find out like that there's that bit where uh his character Phil jumps off of the clock tower. Right. And it's an extended slow motion shot of him tumbling off and i was trying to figure out is that actually bill murray because it's a gorgeous clear blue sky and it's a it looks like bill murray for all intents and purposes i can't i mean that was 50 75 feet high or whatever well i mean like did they make like a miniature tower or something like that and then shoot it from a low angle to appear high i i couldn't find any confirmation on if that was a stuntman doing that leap or or what what other stunt what other stunts would they have used for murray i mean what other stunts what other stunt um stunt driving probably the scene with the gopher although him the gopher the groundhog the, ground the gopher is the other bill yeah. murray movie yeah that's the uh, <laughs> that's my personal favorite caddyshack. all right all right you have mentioned caddyshack a few times so we will have to uh get into it at some point you, we might actually have to follow it i don't know if you've ever seen i've only seen five minutes of it and then i shut it off caddyshack 2 um I think I did see it, and it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Sucked. yeah. It's got it, Dan Aykroyd for no yeah. good reason. And... No, it's like, you know, no, it was not entertaining. You're expecting more of the same, and it was absolutely not that. Then put your little hand in my Hi everybody and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son expedition through pop culture. I am Harrison, the son. And I am Pop, the pop. And uh, this week we reviewed Groundhog Day, uh, a movie about repeating the same day over and over again into infinity, which actually brings me to, I, I part of my favorite thing about the internet in general, is that if there is math to be done for a movie, people will do the math. And so I'm going to read you some fun trivia. So how long do you think, do you think he stayed within that loop, repeating that one day? Oh, how many days? Yeah, like how many times did he repeat the day? Right. Like in we talk about uh, counting them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, I would think, uh, I'm going to go with 25. 25? Yes. Okay, so within the course of the movie itself, only 38 days are depicted. 
Okay. Uh, some of them you get through pretty quickly because there's that montage of him right. being slapped right. uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, uh, but there are many different takes on how many days he's spent in the loop. So, uh, according to the website Wolfnards, which why is that a name of a website? Of course it is. Bill Murray spends eight years, eight months, and sixteen days trapped in Groundhog Day. The movie Truth Review series calculated Murray spent 4,576 days, 12 years, 6 months, and 11 days stuck in the loop, while the website Obsessed with Film claims he was trapped in for 12,403 days, just under 34 years. And the, how they got that number was uh, doing the, what, what is it, the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours to become an expert? sort of thing. So if you take a look at everything he has mastered by the end of the movie, ice sculpting, piano, he yeah, mentions yeah. at one point he French. spent, yeah, French, uh, memorizing uh, uh, literature and poetry. At one point in the movie, um, him and uh, Andy McDowell are tossing cards into a hat, and he offhandedly mentions, yeah, just six months, you just toss it into a hat, you'll become an expert. And it's like... Yeah, yeah. Four or five hours a day. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the, the original trailer for the movie claimed that he spent 10,000 years stuck in a loop, <laughs> which, that's... I, I can't begin to fathom that. That's just... That's just yeah. too much. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I keep asking you if you had, like, a favorite moment, like, uh, I, th I feel like that's a common theme in this podcast. What was your favorite standout moment? Uh, I've said it. Take a drink. You, you, you asked me that. It, just just the little gags that as he, he would transition from one day to the next and the way he would change. That, that uh, song. Like, he, he, oh, the song. Every day. Yeah. I wonder why they, they picked that song. Hmm. I don't know. You know what? That's a good question. Do the lyrics have anything to say? Let me look that up. I got... Nah, it just talks about, you know, being young and in love and... Lyrics. Eh, they say we're young and we don't know. We won't find out until we grow. Well, I don't know if all that's true. Because, yeah, these are pretty generic. I got flowers in the spring... Maybe that's it. It's it's a song very loosely about springtime coming. And oh, mom, who did not want to sit in on the podcast, has an opinion. But mom, mom, do you want to actually get on mic and and say no, something just, so just, that people can hear you? No, just tell me what year did that song come out? Nineteen ninety three. No, that's 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 uh, uh, sixty two. Hang on. Mid sixties, maybe late late sixties. No, Nineteen sixty five. Okay. Okay. Oh, and mom is mom is sitting down, so I'm gonna try and move the microphone okay, so he went and modify days. it a little bit so that I can get son of a gun. I think that's it. All right. Mary, he went through sixty five days. He went through sixty five only sixty five days. Well, the song came out in nineteen sixty five. Right? So so you're getting the the number. 65. 65, and you're deciding that's how many days he stuck. Okay, so he became an expert piano player, learned French, learned ice sculpting, all in 65 days. Okay, 
plus okay. the Heimlich maneuver. Plus the Heimlich maneuver. He 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 correctly mathed out where everybody was going to be moment to moment. Uh, it's implied in that final loop that you see that he has rescued that little kid falling out of the tree. Right. Countless times he screams after him, you have never thanked me! Right. Okay, maybe 1,965 <laughs> days. Okay. Alright, that's probably, okay. But, you know, a lot a lot of songs came out in 1965. Yeah, that's that's fair. Here, let's, let's follow that thread. Um, what songs? Songs released... Songs released in 1965. I can't get no satisfaction. Well, that's kind of plays into the uh, that, that the theme of the film. Uh, Ticket to Ride by the Beatles. That would work. Uh, Hold me, thrill me, kiss me by Mel Carter. Nah. Tired of waiting for you by the Kinks. That might work. My girl by the Temptations. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, Stop nah. in the name of love by the Supremes. Okay. Uh, Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. Act Naturally, the Beatles. Do You Believe in Magic by the Love and Spoonful, which I'm pretty sure was featured in Ghostbusters. So that's okay. a that's a connection. Uh, Norwegian Wood. Oh, well, I mean, the album Rubber Soul was dropped in 65, so there you go. And well, it doesn't really That's... matter what other songs came up. Yeah, they didn't pick them. Yes, exactly. So I'm just curious as to why they would have picked that. Um, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it's pleasant to listen to. But, you know, obviously it got obnoxious, obnoxiously monotonous. You know, after the x amount of times you hear it, uh, and it, it was kind of fun that you knew exactly which words would come out. You knew exactly what was going to happen. You knew exactly who was going to be where and stuff. And it was kind of fun to, okay, new day, what's he going to do to Ned? Uh, Ned uh, oh, God. He knows Ned this oh. time. All right, and I have a fun bit of trivia that I have saved for that. Now, I did mention during the movie that the film was not made in Punxsutawney, yes, Pennsylvania. which is disappointing. Which is disappointing. So it was filmed in Woodstock, Illinois, uh, I think because they wanted to get the actual genuine, like, wintry feel and in okay. pennsylvania it's a bit a little bit more temperate uh that might be it but um what time time of the year you're filming uh, yeah. was it at that time so. i that i couldn't tell you but uh let's see there is a small plaque that reads bill murray stepped here uh right uh, where that hole is that okay. he steps into there is another plaque on the building wall at the corner that says ned's corner where phil was continually accosted by ned ryerson right which okay. i kind of love that Frank Reviews, A Father-Son Journey Through Pop Culture. I'm Harrison, the son. And I'm Pop. Oh, here we go. This is pretty great. Um, the ice sculptures featured in the movie were carved by Randy Rupert, a.k.a. the Chainsaw Wizard. Okay. Uh, he is actually a Punxsutawney resident and has a shop downtown, which, if we ever go to Punxsutawney, I know where we're going. <laughs> He sells up. He primarily sells wooden sculptures, from what I can uh, okay. uh, tell. Um, but he also does ice sculptures Apparently. in the winter, which is pretty, pretty great. So they shipped him out to Illinois. I guess so. Yeah, 
That's kind of crazy. That must have been the big thing for him in his whole life. Oh man, you know, to, to to it's to, like to get out of Punxsutawney <laughs> and go to, go to Woodstock, Woodstock, Illinois. You know, it's like oh, uh, you know, like wow, the big city. Oh my god. Let's see. Um, I didn't know this. This is kind of weird. Uh, the origins of the actual day of, of Groundhog Day. Uh, in the 1880s, some friends in Punxsutawney went into the woods on Candlemas Day. All right, sure. Uh, to look for groundhogs. This outing became a tradition. The local newspaper editor nicknamed the Seekers the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club. And starting in 1887, the search became an official event centered on a groundhog called Punxsutawney Phil. So that's... That's I. You what, can make a holiday out of anything. Why would you? Maybe uh, if you saw groundhogs, it was it indicated that they're coming out of their hibernation. and It must be getting ready for springtime. That's that's pretty solid. So if you see, you know, I'm just thinking from a, a you know a, a natural environment <laughs> kind of a direction. I, I always do love. Um, you could have looked looked for wood ducks or something. Yeah, or, we could we could or, be celebrating. Um, or, or, uh, uh, Punxsutawney Day. Phil could be a mallard or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah <be> interesting. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, you can really just make a holiday out of anything if you do it really? repeatedly over the years. Yeah, well, it, it, apparently, well, you know, there's, I'm sure there. That was the big excitement in Punxsutawney. Yeah, yeah. every small town wants yeah. to be excited and, for something. Apparently, it still is. Yeah, you know? I I grew up thinking that everybody knew what the Peaceable Kingdom was, only to find out that nobody that had grown up outside of Langhorne, Pennsylvania, that wasn't a Quaker, had no idea what the Peaceable Kingdom was or who Edward Hicks was. Edward Hicks. Well, he he lived in Newtown. Yeah, well, I mean, they, he, didn't he also have an apartment in Langhorn? Is it uh, yeah, the Higgs he, house? Yeah, maybe he lived here too. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously, it was local. Yeah, it's I. Every small town wants to be something. Uh, as established, my favorite is still Grover's Mill. Nice. But that's just me. Oh, oh, we've got a dog. Oh no. And uh, we'll go out into the woods tomorrow and look for dogs. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and if the dog sees its shadow. Uh, I, I, it will eat whatever it can find. There you go. There you go. All right. Fair enough. Well, and it, Bill Murray was good. He was he was clever. He was uh, obnoxious. He was uh, arrogant. <laughs> he was uh, insulting. I, uh, I don't. It was clever, sarcastic. I I don't know if you know this about Bill Murray, but he kind of infamously doesn't have an agent. Or any kind of representation as an actor, he has a secret one eight hundred number that, if you can get it, you can literally just leave a message on an answering machine, and if he likes the idea, he will call you back. Cool. <laughs> I kind of hope that also applies to like his closest friends as well. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. that was, I, how do you get that number? Wow. Yeah, no, exactly. It's I, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. At the same time, like I would call him and be like, "Will you sign my Ghostbusters car? <laughs> if I, if you sign my arm, can, can I get it tattooed? Is that okay?" Because like Dan Aykroyd, he'll sign anything. Like he 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 doesn't even do comic cons. He literally just tours around the country um, to uh, uh, spirits and liquor shops and sells his Crystal Head <laughs> vodka. <Okay>. And, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so many pictures floating around on the internet of him just autographing vodka bottles. 
which I, all right, Dan, whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about uh, the movie? Yeah, good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. It's always it's always great to have a happy ending where everybody is happy <laughs> and in love and everything works out the way it's supposed to and and the jerk guy turns out to be cool. Um, wasn't that the theme in Scrooge though? Similar. Well, that, I'll be, that's the story. Of well, that's yeah. It it follows very directly the 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 a Christmas Carol story. But that's how it's supposed to work, and you know, yeah. the the crappy situation or the the negative person or uh, uh, setup ends up turning positive, and everybody's happy. It's a good, a feel good mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, the middle part is definitely not a feel good movie, but once you make it past that. Uh, hub. Well, it's like then it, uh, it's like your mom always says they got to take you down before they bring you yep. back up. There you go. There you go. That's a pretty solid message to end on. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son journey through uh, pop culture. I am Harrison, the son. I'm the other guy. Pop, the pop, 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 the dad, the pop, the pop. Uh, and you can find us online. I am H-D-L-I-C-H-T-N-E-R on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook uh, at Muscle Nerd Studios. That's kind of my catch-all for all of my nerd projects, which I include this as one of my nerd projects. Uh, dad, did you want to take us out? Um, wait, um, weren't people supposed to, like, make comments or something? Like, can they do that, like, to the podcast? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If they uh, want to submit ideas know. for movies that they want to see or... I want to know what the problem is with these people that are listening. <laughs> you know what? Right now you're listening to me, okay? Oh, no. Oh, no. Problem, oh, no. Leave a comment. Leave a comment, whatever. Hi, have a nice day. Or you're an ass. Or I don't care, whatever. <laughs> Leave a friggin' comment. Uh, neg the audience. How That's how you get them. You text, stupid text, 75 times a day. Leave a comment, really. And when you're done leaving a comment, go out and make something out of your life. Would you please? <laughs> Bye, everybody. Every day I die. Yeah. That's when you wake up again, right? Yeah. So let's just make sure I don't die. If I make it to tomorrow, then maybe the loop stops and we can figure all this out. You think? It's worth a shot. I say we grab some takeout, head back to the motel, lay low until midnight. All right, good. Who wants Chinese? Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb.